welcome to Gadgets, a podcast from Gizmodo where we woman-splain the latest technology. I'm your host, Gizmodo reporter, Florence Ion, and I'm actually joined today, we're going to have a special episode of Do Jets, is what I call, because we've got our only man on here with us today, Philip Tracy, here on staff with me at Gizmodo, reporting on the news. Hi, Phil. Hey, thanks for having me. Thank you for it's being my second here. time on. I feel privileged. It's always great to be on. You should feel privileged because, as we said, uh, you're one of the only male voices that you'll be hearing <laughs> on this podcast. So um, no pressure, but we're trusting you to pull this off. So I got this. I got it. I got it like that. You're okay with that. Yeah, okay. no worries. You Listen. You do have it. Uh, Caitlin is currently in transit to another galaxy far, far away, but Phil and I are taking a ride to the Samsung Galaxy because that's what we're going to be talking about today. All the new Samsung things that came out, whether you should buy them is really what we're going to get into. Phil, now you have which galaxy I do have you have? The, you have one of the tablets. I do, yeah. The Tab S8 Plus, which is neither the fanciest okay, nor the cheapest. The middle one. The middle one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The middle one, the middle child of the Samsung line of tablet lineup. I'm sorry to all middle children out there um, who I now just triggered. So I actually used that in my write up. Oh, you did? Yeah, I just, I did, I did, I did, which I just submitted earlier today. So watch out for that review. Uh, psychological analysis of the tablet device lineup is happening here on gizmodo.com. We really get into it. Uh, we're also actually going to talk, speaking of the psyche, we're going to talk about Peloton, which is about the body, but it's also about why this company that used to be like the darling of connected fitness has been getting some really bad vibes lately. Yeah, things are going, um, as badly as you could ever expect them to, uh, things it, it's it's just kind of bizarre because a year ago, the their fortunes were completely flipped, and now it's just kind of out of nowhere. It's just report one report after the next that things just keep getting going from bad to worse. Um, it's it, things are looking bleak for Peloton. Yeah, but I feel like a lot of people are in that situation right now as, you know, where mask mandates are lifting and people are going back into the world. And so we're just finding our wallets are a lot less padded than they used to be. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's a good point. I don't know. I'm just, <laughs> just trying to put one out there for Peloton. Uh, finally, before <laughs> we end our episode today, we're going to do a little bit of trolling. I'm admitting. I'm admitting. We're going to talk about Windows. We're going to. I, I'm calling the segment, usually we call it fangirl, but, you know, looking for something a little more, like, uh, androgynous. I was trying to go for the stand segment, but considering there are now, there's a broader conversation about whether we should be relating to Eminem's stand because of the lyrics were kind of problematic. So I don't know. I have to, like, workshop that. Phil, I need you to help me. So if something comes to you, just... I, I've just been thinking, yeah, I have nothing right now. Okay. Maybe something will come. Maybe you'll tell me in a side slack after we do this whole thing. And, um, you we'll know, have a producer we're, we're like workshopping things somehow. here. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, okay. Well, with that, we'll be right back. Well, I've officially been delivered from Samsung Hell, and I'm here on the other side uh, to, I guess, to wave my 
banner of revolution, I have reviewed the Galaxy S22 Ultra and the Galaxy S22 Plus. They are on gizmodo.com if you need the full rundown. And Phil, I I feel like I know everything there is to know now about these two phones. I do too, because I read your review. <gasps> Thank and you. And it's wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> uh, the Ultra. Mm-hmm. You had mixed feelings about it. I mean, mostly positive, but like you said, it's a lot of phone that maybe not a lot of people need. The telephoto lens is one thing I think we need to talk about because okay. it's the big differentiator there. I've noticed a couple of folks in my social media circles who have access to this phone currently because it's not technically on sale. I think it goes on sale next week, but you can pre-order the new phones right now if anybody's interested. And as a side note, if you are thinking about getting these new Samsung phones, please find yourself a deal, trade in a phone, don't like pay outright full price and you know, they, they're really trying to like push deals on you. So take advantage of them. It's honestly a benefit. Um, so all that said, yes, the ultra has two telephoto lenses on it, which we kind of briefly touched into when they did the announcement two weeks ago, and I finally got to use them. And so I'm guessing you're referring to the picture of the moon that I took last week, the full moon. I think it was an Aries. That's the one. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you could see the craters, you could see the the valleys of the moon, if, if I should say. I've I never been valleys. to the moon, yeah. so I don't know what it looks like. But it's... Yeah. <laughs> um, it was kind of, yeah, it was incredible. And the thing about that photo that I snapped is I didn't even use a telephoto, or excuse me, a tripod. I just propped the ultra up against, I have the, this little railing, I have a faux, call it a French balcony to be fancy, but it's just it an open, fancy. it's an open door that goes nowhere in my bedroom. <laughs> so there's, there's a guard because, you know, you don't want pets or children falling out um, into nothingness. And so I just kind of propped up the ultra against it. And I was feeling kind of frustrated, though, using it because the Google Pixel 6, which in Android land is the phone to compare to for night shots, it's really good at knowing when to flip into the open shutter mode where it keeps the shutter open either from like 30 seconds or, you know, four minutes. And the benefit of that is, of course, grabbing as much detail and light as you possibly can. And then mm-hmm. Google does all of its magic in the computer and makes this like, whatever, nicely themed photo. I was a little frustrated that like the ultra camera system wasn't really doing that for me with the night shots. So I was extremely pleased that I at least got the picture of the moon that's supposed to advertise what Samsung calls Space Zoom, which is just a fancy marketing terminology for 100x digital zoom. Lots of zoom. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of zoom. More zoom than, than anyone needs. <laughs> well, okay. Now that's debatable, right? Yeah. The picture you took of the plane is also impressive because it shows that you can get the fast enough shutter speed to capture something that's moving really quickly, even at that distance. It seems mm-hmm. like, I mean, that plane was very far away, so it's not... You know, it's it's still a small object in the picture, but it looks like it's in focus. It was in focus, and it was actually pretty sharp for how far away and digital zoom it was, because that's when the camera started to rely on that, you know, digital software to do the magic for it. I didn't get the same results, by the way, out of the Galaxy S22 Plus, which is a different, it's a different sensor anyway, but I'm just kind of mentioning, like, if you were saying, you know, why would anybody need this? I do think that 
Like people, I know I said bird watching in my review, and I'm really serious. I have a lot of friends who have gotten into bird watching during this pandemic. Yeah. Like close friends and just like acquaintances. People have been getting into like either bird watching or just nature scoping of some sort, or just like, um, you know, I took my kid train spotting. So I'm just thinking about all of us olds who are like, <laughs> let's go take pictures of mechanics <laughs> and birds. <laughs> No, those are great uses. I mean, I remember being out on the out on a trail uh, in remote Texas, and there was this mm-hmm. huge vulture that was like right above me on the trail, and I didn't want to get too close to it because it was just it was right there. They're and I, so but scary. I wanted to get a, grab a picture of it, and I only had like two x zoom, and right as I got to you know the the point where I could take uh, an image that's good enough for putting online, the thing flew away because I was too close. So having that extra zoom, it could save your life. It could, it could save your, it could it save you your photo. Picture. It could get you the picture. It could. <laughs> um, what, by the way, what phone are you using? Are you an Android or Apple? We never talked about this. Android. I have a Pixel 6. Oh, thank God. Sorry to everybody out there using Apple. <laughs> I realize I tell you to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts for Gadgets. Uh, you should do that anyway, even if you're on Android. Anyway, uh, <laughs> for those people, Apple's great for everybody else. No. I, I agree. I listen, I generally agree, but you know how we do on the show. We like to troll each other a little bit here and there. So at least on this point. So the Galaxy S22 Ultra, I did say it's like a little too much phone for everybody. It also starts at like $1,200, Oof. which is an absurd amount of money to, to spend even on something that you use daily. Yeah, I will admit. I will admit. Well, okay, so then there's the S22 and the Plus. Compared to those, does it, you know, does it bring that value? It seems like you you don't think it does for most people. Uh, I don't think the S22 Ultra brings as much value to everybody as the regular S22 Plus, I will say. Because the S22, the smaller one, okay, so let me, let's, we'll we'll go into that one next. So there's two other small phones. There's three phones Samsung announced, and the two small ones are a 6.1 inch display and a 6.6 inch display. And I really liked the smaller phone for, because I just, a lot of people miss having small phones. And now that we've increased the screen size on those small phones, it's okay. It's a little more accepted to wield that, you know, in this day and age, as Apple showed us through their iPhone SE, right? which is somehow still, still around. Um, but yeah, so the smaller S22 doesn't have like all of the magic of the S22 plus. I don't know what I'm saying magic. I mean, it doesn't have a uh, Wi-Fi 6E or ultra wideband oh, support. Really? Wow. Yeah, I know, in 2022. So, <laughs> no kidding. Yeah. And folks who uh, aren't aware, you do want to, if you're looking for a new phone, look at something that has all the new like Wi Fi and cellular specs. Because right now they're putting up all this 5G infrastructure, probably in your neighbor's backyard. Your neighbor's probably complaining about it. <laughs> I may or may not be speaking from uh, experience. <laughs> and, you know, you want to make sure that your phone can log on to the things that you're like paying for. Otherwise it's a waste of money. Yeah. 5G is, is finally here. I mean, Verizon's recent rollout was really significant. It seemed like everyone had, yeah, had good things to say about that. We could talk about that in another podcast, but. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, we can pivot here. I'm sorry. <laughs> it, it's yeah, it's, it's dark and deep for me, but in all sincerity, yes, I, I know about Verizon's rollout, please. <laughs> 
Um, how about let's let's move on to those tablets. So yes. you know the the TLDR on the Samsung phones is the Ultra is a lot if you want to spend the money for it. But if you just want an Android phone that's not a Pixel, the Galaxy S22 Plus. Now, the Tab S8 series yes. lineup. There's also three of them. I wanted to briefly like touch upon this and get your, like, how how's it been like with the Plus? Like, how do you feel with the software and the hardware? Like, how it feels? Good. I, I think it's that, that gap, that app um, optimization gap between... Android and iOS, I think, is mm -hmm. closing a little bit, even though Samsung's really the only one making Android tablets. Um, and we have Android 12L to look forward to, which is supposed to make the big screen experience a lot better. So then you have, ideally, a tablet that can be used for work as well as for watching videos and movies, which this is still, that's why you should buy it. I mean, the screen is just unbelievable. The 12.4 inch on the Plus, the 14.6 inch on the Ultra, it doesn't get better. Um, but <laughs> the ultra fill is also a laptop. <laughs> it's not. It is. It's huge. It's, it's huge. And I'm, <laughs> I'm, I should be getting that one in soon, Samsung. Um, but uh, I, I think similar to the phones, the ultra will be a lot. It costs, I think, 1100 So that's a lot to spend on a, an Android tablet. There are still app compatibility issues with Android. They're still missing apps. So you don't quite get the full PC experience. Like you, you can't do everything you can on mm -hmm. a PC on your, on your tablet. And when you're spending that much money, that's kind of an issue. Um, mm -hmm. However, the, the screen is just so nice. If you, if really you need the best tablet for watching shows or even just browsing the web, doing basic things, then that's a great option. But again, $1,100 to spend on something that is best for basic tasks is it's a lot to ask for. Now this, the, the, the plus that I just reviewed has the same screen, but it's smaller. It costs less. It's still $900. So the gap there is not huge. Oh my God. Uh, yeah. That's a lot compared it, to like the iPad minis. They, you can get run for around, I'm going to say 400, let's say after taxes and shipping yeah. or whatever. I think the um, air is 500. Yeah. I think the oh, air is okay. probably still the best value tablet. Um, because it also, it has a very nice display. It's not as good as these, but it's almost half the price. Uh, so if, you know, if I had to recommend a tablet to most people, it would still be the iPad Air, uh, mm -hmm. you know, despite my, my preferences toward Android. Mm -hmm. But if you, if you really just, if you have the money to spend, <laughs> you just want to watch movies and shows, uh, then these Galaxy tabs are great. Um, the smallest version is a more direct competitor to the Air. It doesn't have an AMOLED screen, which is a big downside because that, in my opinion, is that's like Samsung's the thing. Best feature it is, yeah. So without that, it's like that takes a lot away. Where's the um, oof? Where's the you know the the sh the sharpness and the uh, the contrast, like the deep contrast? That's what I like about Samsung right. displays. Yes. So that's missing on the smallest one, the cheapest one. So you have to spend $900. If you get it now, they throw in a keyboard, which costs like 160 on its yeah. own. So if you're, if you're eyeing it, now would be a good time. Yeah, get the keyboard. They're great tablets. Just, yeah, definitely get the keyboard. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, just know the limitations going in. Know the limitations. I feel like that's a good, uh, I feel like it's a good bit for us to end on. Just know the limitations of what you're about to buy. We are going to be looking into some other there's another Android tablet that I have here in my pile. We were talking about our pile of boxes before we started recording as per <laughs> the consumer tech journalist, uh, burden to bear. 
What's adding and, up? Uh, yeah, I've got a Lenovo tablet in here that actually is now getting Android 12 uh, L fully. So yeah, there's there's more stuff coming from us. This is an interesting year for us, Phil, I feel, in terms of hardware. It's like- It is. We're yes, seeing a lot of evolution so. happening because everybody was like at home working and now it's like, here it is. Yes. And I'll just tease uh, that there's a certain portable handheld console coming out soon. Very oh, soon. Oh, Phil. <laughs> I am just, yes, I, I'm, I'm drowning in reviews right now. All high profile products that all are releasing right at the same time. All extremely fun stuff. I mean, I... Yeah, I, I envy you slash is. don't envy you. <laughs> yeah, I just wish there was more time. But yes, the Steam Deck is coming. And I've been playing with it, but I'll just leave it at that. Let's break and dash. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be Continued at scs.georgetown.com. .edu slash podcast. I remember this time last year, I was driving home in, I live like deep in the suburbs, and um, I was driving home from probably some like basic coffee franchise place like Starbucks and everybody everybody I saw like two Peloton trucks pass me by on my five minute drive back up the hill to my house and then I became that person (laughs) (laughs) so there was definitely a period of time I can anecdotally say where it felt like everybody was buying a Peloton bike but this year in 2022 we've actually seen kind of reversal of all that like last year as you said, Phil, earlier in the podcast, it seemed like Peloton was making all of this cash. And now I keep getting served headlines in my Google feed about how things are not going well. They really aren't. They're going very, very poorly. Uh, it is a just a really steep drop in demand, likely because of the, you know, the pandemic, just the flow of things. And everyone already bought the bike, those who wanted it, those who had the money to buy one. And now we're twenty five hundred is not an easy <laughs> thing right. to spend money on when people are like, yeah, losing their jobs, right? Yeah. And the former CEO said some wild things about how we expected so many people to be buying the hardware as if everyone, you know, had the money to do so. Um recently so many reports have come out just showing how how just in bad shape the company is when a year ago, I think everyone was praising Peloton for how it grew as a, as a startup. And so now there are thousands of bikes in warehouses. Some of them are rusting. <laughs> Some of them are being <laughs> yeah. sold with rust. Um, the company laid off 20% of its workforce. Its CEO stepped down, was replaced and. 
the value of the company has just plummeted. You could look it up now. If you go and go, you look at Peloton stock value and it is just a steep, steep decline. Um, it's, it's, we're both Pelotoners, right? And my wife's a huge Pel- Peloton. I didn't know you she, were a Peloton. Peloton is that the word? I, but yeah, I do. I do most of the, I, I don't use the bike, uh, quite as much. See, that's the thing. Here's the, I think they've relied too much on their hardware. In my opinion, I think the $2,000 is unrealistic. They have such an incredible, uh, t- incredibly talented group of, uh, trainers. I agree. That I think they should have really pivoted toward. Mm-hmm. So like I'll do Andy Spears, uh, workouts, his strength workouts, his programs. And I don't, I never use the bike. I just have my own set of dumbbells and, and I just use the, the Peloton app and I would subscribe to it even without the bike. Mm-hmm. But they've relied so much on this image of being a really high end premium brand that only rich people can afford. And it's just, it's, <laughs> it's, uh, it's definitely, I don't know. They've cast out too, too big of a, of a crowd. Clearly. Yeah. I also just personally, I know we're both speaking as Peloton users, but, you know, I feel, and you correct me if I'm wrong, you know, maybe you come from a different camp, but when I said to my husband, like, we should talk about, you know, investing in the in an exercise bike, because I wasn't, I, I couldn't go to, the, I stopped going to the gym as soon as I had my kid and as soon as this pandemic hit, because there's no way yep. I, I'm still like feel really weird about sharing space with people. Because everything yeah. we've been through. And I also, you know, with this whole like work from home lifestyle, it is easier to go into the garage and take like 20, 30 minutes to yourself than it is to like pack up the car, go to, you know, go down the hill, that whole rigmarole. And, um, and I need to move my body. Right. So we invested in this thing. And part of the real big, ca- real big catch for me were the classes. I knew that like my friends were on there. I could see what they were doing. Uh, you know, when Caitlin takes a class, I'll go like see what she's up to. She's much more advanced than me. <laughs> she's a little more ahead. <laughs> I'm a little more in the beginner uh, <laughs> uh, section. But, you know, it's the playlists for me that make me move, mm-hmm. which is why I'm so picky about like workout classes as it is. And a lot of these platforms yeah. that are available, either <laughs> they cater – cater very primarily to uh like apple watch users for instance um yeah. which so does the peloton which is a bummer i wish they would invest in that for people like me um yeah it was just nice to finally like be a part of something that like everybody else could still do as long as they had access because i had a lot of friends who like bought Nordic tracks at costco which are like 400 yeah. bucks you know a little more easy on the wallet um a little more accessible for people and but using like the peloton app because Again, the instructors, they're personable, the track lists are great, the Spotify yep. integration. So you're like, oh my God, Cody Rigsby, he was doing this like throwback, uh, you know, millennial pop hits. And obviously I'm into Cody because I was part of the boy band Teeny Bopper phase, still a big part of my life. And uh, he, he reminded me of some songs that I loved and <laughs> like that's it's a way to keep you interacting. Like you feel like you have a, you feel like you have a parasocial relationship with the instructor. Yeah, no, that's true. Just like a ama- it's amazing psychology to like keep people into the ecosystem. And so that's where they should put all that money. <laughs> I agree. And they, you know, the instructors, they speak to you like, like as if you're having like a one-on-one training session. I also think what's great about Peloton is that there's for a lot of people, especially people who are starting out 
who know that they need to start working out, especially during, you know, after the pandemic, during the pandemic, when, you know, maybe our, our health and fitness have, have gone down and they know they need to, to get into it. And even if it's not being a, worried about going to the gym because of the pandemic, there's an intimidation factor for a lot of people about being in the gym, about being around other people it's who... It's anxiety. It's yes, like, exi- yeah. you're like, how am I performing next to these people? Exactly. Am I and doing especially, this correctly? Mm-hmm, we've been so yeah. depressed at home. And so like the idea of going to even like go for a run in front of other people, it feels like such an exposing thing. Whereas on yes. Peloton, you could you could be relatively anonymous if you wanted to be. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And so, you know, a lot of people I recommend Peloton to are are not fitness gurus. They're folks who are trying to find a way into fitness. And what's really important about doing that is finding instructors or lessons that will teach you how to do certain workouts correctly. Uh, That's something I learned early on when I just went to the gym on my own and I was doing all these workouts and it was, I, I could tell that I wasn't doing them properly, but with Peloton, you have instructors that you can look at, you can mirror what they're doing. And so I think they, they should have pivoted to that instead of having all this marketing about, well, this is for people who are already really fit, who are very rich, wealthy, <laughs> um, instead of, you know, the larger group. That's what like Tonal does that the one that goes into the wall yes. and has like all the the fake weights or whatever. I feel like that is the commercial is so like, you are very affluent and yep. you, you know, your child is sitting with the nanny in the other room. Now it's time for you to work out. And it's like, actually yep. my child is like on the floor with a tablet and I hope they don't notice I'm here, like trying to sweat and leave me alone. <laughs> so that's, that's the reality of it. Uh, you know, the other thing I think Pelotons should maybe just in speaking of, since this is a tech gadget podcast and Peloton actually has like quite, Again, I was attracted to it because of the ecosystem. Like it integrates with Strava, which I love. Yep. Um, you could post to Instagram or make like a little badge to share with a friend. It's really easy to share like the links and track listing. Um, the lane break game that they announced, which yes. Caitlin got to try out, and you can read that at gizmodo.com. I'll put that in the show notes. I still haven't played it just cause life, but I cannot, I'm looking forward to like when I can finally, I think this weekend I'm going to finally be able to like get on and do the game. I'm, yeah. I'm excited. Cause I just, I've been feeling like it. Yeah. I haven't tried it either. My wife has, and I, I kind of looked over to see what was going on and she said she had fun with it, that it was intense, that she was worried that I would, it would actually encourage her to maybe go too hard. Oh. Um, so she needed to like dial it down. Uh, but she did recommend it to me. She said, "I." She said, "There's like a Phil Collins game or Phil Collins right that I should try." We have a we have a rift there. Uh, a, a Phil Collins. Um, I, I I like his music. She doesn't. So I like Phil Collins's music, but oh my god, you guys should have a discussion one day about his uh, his love life. It's um, it's really uh, wild. I, is it gonna is it gonna ruin Phil Collins for me? I think. I don't know. I don't think so. I I don't think he's like suit. I don't think he's bad. But uh, but he okay. he does have. He's had some volatile relationships even now into his age. I think his uh, former his ex wife actually locked herself in his house in in wow. like protest of. Yeah, it's it's wild. I'll need to. Yeah. Okay. 
I feel I'm, like I that's a good thing for us to end on for me just yeah. giving random nothing to do with Peloton. But you know what? This is what's in my brain right now. Maybe Thanks, a quick, Phil. which which <laughs> company do you want? Which company would you prefer acqu- uh, to acquire Peloton? Oh, yeah, because we keep talking about apparently Peloton getting acquired. Um, <laughs> Strava, why don't you just go buy Peloton? I don't know. I don't think Apple should there do it. Okay, I agree on that. Just I don't not think. Amazon is my answer. Or Google. Sorry, Google. But it will disappear if... It will. You know? Somebody has to. They'll, they'll just put Cody on YouTube and then I'll never see him again. So we can't have that happen. <laughs> Sorry, Cody. <laughs> no advancement for you. Just kidding. Just kidding. Okay, let's let's take a quick break. And when we get back, we're going we're gonna to talk about something very polarizing, even more so than Phil Collins' love life. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. I have been waiting for this moment for so long to just finally talk to somebody about how Windows doesn't actually suck that much. Like, it's not that bad. <laughs> it's totally fine. And I'm here for you. Yeah. Listen, I'm not here to... I, no, I could not get away with this if Caitlin was here, which is why I'm doing it now here with Phil. But also because <laughs> Phil and I, we we developed this friendship here at on Gizmodo staff, kind of based on our willingness to live our lives with Microsoft Windows operating system. And, you know... It's a a struggle that brings us together, really. I agree. Oh, my God. Right. I was having that bad day. You were, like, one of the few people who would really, like, empathize with what I was going through. And so I was just like, Phil, I'm crying. All this is happening. And I appreciate it. another blue screen of death. I know. Don't worry. Don't worry. It'll, It'll be fine. And the irony is not lost on me that uh, I wanted to actually start this conversation to ask you about your Windows journey, and and I'll get into why in a second. I noticed a lot of people, friends that I've been with for a long time, we had our moment in the late 90s, early 2000s, where we were using our parents' computer, which is probably a Windows PC, to get online. But then as those friends went off to college and discovered, like, the few people with the iBook, like the the white clamshell, or remember the matte black one that I think that's when that it was, was MacBook. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm just like getting a lot of nostalgia flashbacks right now. But since that period of time, a lot of friends went like completely to Apple to the point where they're like, they have no problem spending the thousands of dollars on a Mac just right. for like web browsing versus <laughs> what they would get for like 300 in like a yeah. Windows world. <laughs> it does web browse good. The Macs. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and right at like high resolution. But I so I wanted to ask you, like, when did you when did you get into Windows? Yeah, in in high school, I had uh, an HP Envy, I believe it had Beats Audio. Uh, and the and just 
a hideous branding. Are all you over younger it. than me? I think you might be younger I'm not than sure. me. Beats audio. We're not. We're not going to go into your age. I think that's like okay. Illegal. It in changes. Some states. It changes tomorrow. <laughs> Phil. Yeah. Phil, everyone is a Pisces. Yep. Got a water sign on the podcast today. <laughs> Happy um, yeah, so, early birthday. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, so I started with an HP, a big chunky thing with discrete graphics, mm-hmm. though. I could play, I could nerd out and play StarCraft, um, which which was great, which I played with my brother for, for many years. Can I tell you and something then, really, uh, really just uh, earnest about me? Yeah. Before I ever built a PC, I called, uh, we all remember Fry's Electronics. Oh, for those of us on the West Coast and Central uh, America. Those were 10 minutes from, 10 minutes from where I live right now. I just, yeah. For now. Closed a couple of years ago. I know. Uh, I earnestly called the tech help and asked them if you could swap out the integrated graphics in the HP uh, laptop that I had. If only. The answer was no, but I, I sat on I sat on hold for that, and I I felt like kind of a dunce. But you know, that's also good training for journalism because you have to call people and ask them just like outlandish questions and just be okay with rejection. So it's true, but you were onto something because what if you could one day? Well, you kind of can. This one's supposed to be a combo but... about laptops, but yeah, they have like plug-in <laughs> GPUs. It's it's ridiculous what they've done with laptops, but um, yeah, Windows. It's just been an interesting journey. Do you, are you using Windows Eleven? I am. Yeah. Yep. Is I've it been, safe? Well, I've, <laughs> I've just been bouncing through uh, <laughs> Brave. I've been bouncing through review units actually. So right now on a HP Spectre, and um, actually my. My personal computer does not have Windows 11 because it runs on an on a seventh gen Intel chip, and mm-hmm. Windows 11 only supports eighth gen and up. Which For those is not in the know. I, we're at 11 because come on, right now at 11th 12 gen. Now. 12 now. 12 now. 12 now. Okay, I forgot. Oh, I've lost track of all this. I are yeah. you? Are you using Windows 11? I am not. That's why I was asking you. Is I'm Windows only... 11 on your X- XPS. I am refusing to upgrade right now because there's those like backwards compatibility situations. And I'm just, you know, I don't like to have my workflow interrupted. I I fear change as part of my earth sign nature. So I'm okay with Windows 10 for now. But I was going to ask you if you think people should upgrade now that it's been out for, it came out last October. Yeah, I think most people should. Okay. Well, they don't have to. It, right. it really isn't that different. Windows like 10 that. was fine. Windows 11 is a lot of the same. <laughs> but it's, it's up to whatever. <laughs> it's, it's a tech reviewer advice. Do whatever you want. Um, no, but uh, Windows 11 looks better, which is why I upgraded or why I wish I could have upgraded, but why I like using it uh, more than Windows 10. But the functionality is, is the same, more or less. They've changed. A lot of people don't like the center taskbar. I don't either, but you can move it over if you want to. Like the complaints people had in the beginning, Microsoft has, they've loosened up a little bit and they've, they've updated it so you can, you can tinker with enough things. What I will say though, is that if you're a, a power user, if you're a real Windows diehard, that you should really look into making sure that all the things you can use on Windows 10 are still there on Windows 11 because that's they're really, they're simplifying things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, yeah. I'm, I'm a super power user. Okay. Yeah. In that case, uh, 
probably wait. <laughs> I, I, I don't think they're going to re-add everything. They're just trying to really button things up and make Windows 11 a lot more streamlined, uh, which will anger some folks who like to dig down into menu after menu after menu. Um, <sighs> I don't think folks, we're going to... I yeah, don't think not- Windows will go back to that. Yeah, I, I don't think so either. It's been interesting because I've been using the Surface Go 3 because I still have the review unit and I just I just kind of use it as like a nighttime computer in the living room. And so I actually like Windows 11 because it's more touch friendly for that. Uh, but yep. I, you know, I've been thinking a lot about all these OSs just because we know that Google's been like trying to make Chrome OS still happen trying to make fetch happen really hard over there. And uh, (laughs) I I can't help but love to stick with Old Faithful, which for me is Windows 10 for right now. And I think I'm going to stay here just for like for a little while longer. Um, And I don't need Android apps (laughs) on my PC. (laughs) Right. Yep. Mind boggling. Although they they are arriving. They are arriving on the Amazon store, which I don't know why anyone would want to use that. Um, I will say that the, the, uh, I think the main reason I use Windows in general isn't for the software. To me, whether Chrome OS, Windows, Mac OS, you can do all the same things on them, more or less. Uh, their Mac has some, some nice benefits of some software that you can't get on Windows. But I'm a hardware guy, and so having those options is really important to me. Having the, you know, the ability to have an OLED screen if I want one. Um, what Dell's done with the XPS is that's why my second laptop after the HP was an XPS 13 prior to the edge to edge screen. It was, I was one year before that. Um, <laughs> so I like having all of those, uh, all those hardware options. And that's why I'm an Android user. And I mean, I, I appreciate what Apple does, but the hardware is, is very nice, but it, it also bores me. So Ooh. that's really probably oh. the main reason why I, <laughs> oh my <laughs> goodness, Android and, and well. Windows. Uh, I'm going to make a note for a future Gadgets episode because that sounds like something that could be fun with our Dujet. I think I'm going to just call you that now. <laughs> Dujet. Uh, listen, I, like I had to come up with something, okay? I'm trying to st- stick with the whole theme that we got going on here. Um, I, you know, I, I'm just really happy that I have you here on staff to <laughs> to be with me on Windows. And I to think- talk Windows. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and And on the topic of hardware- I have the, the next product I'm reviewing is the Asus ROG Flow Z13, a gaming tablet Named after with me? a discrete GPU in the tablet. Yeah, they did. Yeah. <laughs> I recommended it to them. Um, and so it has a discrete GPU in the tablet and it connects to an eGPU with an RTX 3080, I believe, which again, it's like having those hardware options you can't get on Mac OS. And for now you can't get on Chrome OS. <laughs> For me, that's that's why <sighs> that's why I have to stick with Windows. I'm laughing a little bit over here because so for the uninitiated, the RTX 3080 is basically the graphics card that people have been buying up in droves to do Bitcoin mining. So know that, and I'm yep. laughing because I'm I'm also just thinking about the just grossly misinformed, bless them, who have tried to use a MacBook for crypto mining. Don't do that. I'm gonna I'm gonna leave that there. I'm going to leave that there. I feel like that's a good point for us to end on. Phil, I really just want to thank you so much for helping me host this week. It is like 
such a delight to have you, our newly dubbed Dujet, here on Gadgets. So thank you. <laughs> Do you have t-shirts? I would wear that. I will also, make you thank one. thank you for having me. I had a lot of fun. <laughs> Excellent. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, before we're officially out of here, we want to thank our producer and sound engineer, Ryan Allen, who actually today, so you all know, we don't usually get to see his face, but today Phil and I had the pleasure of seeing his face because uh, he's on video. So we also want to thank our cover designer, Vicky Lita, who is out there making beautiful art in the world. Thank you, Vicky. Reminder to all of you out there that you can email us here at Gadgets at gadgets at gizmodo.com actually have an email that I need to get back to today. So I want to thank you for using that address and sending in your comments, questions, concerns, or yeah, comment. If you've got a comment, you just want to like talk back to me or, you know, the folks that we have on here, we'd love to hear from you. So please do tweet at us at Gizmodo and uh, you can find me on my social media or my social media on Twitter at Oh That Flow. Phil, where can folks find you? Also on Twitter at Philip underscore Tracy. Oh, you also have <laughs> an underscore bless. A little, a little more creative. <laughs> I do. Uh, it's, you know, it happens. But definitely, if you are on Apple Podcasts and you didn't tune out after that conversation on Android and Windows, please leave us a review. Uh, we would really appreciate it. It helps us immensely there, as well as on Spotify, which has been, um, it's been, it's been growing. It's been growing. So, Head over there to listen to us. And until next week, we're going to be back with more for you. So stay tuned and have a great week, everyone.